this is Jordan Canastracy, and you are tuning in to part two of my conversation with my dad, David Canastracy. And today we're going to be talking about family, working with family, what it's like to work with family. You know, me and my dad have worked together for over 10 years, and my mom works at the church, and my wife works at the church, and my sister-in-law works at the church. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the ups and downs. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about relationships with your kids. It's just, it's a good conversation. So I hope you guys are ready. Thank you so much for tuning in. And here we go. Part two of my conversation with my dad, David Canastracy. I want to ask you some questions about, uh, about family. Um, you have, (laughs) you have now worked with your uncle, your wife, uh, me, your son Mm -hmm. for 10 years, and now two, uh, Mm daughters-in-law. That's wild. That, that, that do ministry and and work on our, on our staff. Work at the church. Yeah. Um, so you've had some experience (laughs) working, working with family and not a lot of people not a lot of people do. I think some people listening probably have worked with family, but but I think for most people, uh, and I've I've been asked over the years so many times how it is working for my dad and um, how it is working with family in general. So I want to ask you some questions about that. Sure. What is uh, what is one of the best things about working with family, and what would you say is one of the hardest things about working with family. Okay, best things, I think, you know, I'm a there's two kinds of people. There's task-oriented people and relationship-oriented people. And unfortunately, I'm a task-oriented uh person. So the way that I feel bonded and connected to people, it, to me, the greatest thing you can do in life if you're task oriented, is to get something done. That's yeah. That's completely. And so to do something with people that you love, to get something done, yeah, with people that you love is a source of tremendous joy. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge uh, plus for me. And to me, I don't, I can't think of a greater form of closeness than to work with someone. I yeah. know that might. <laughs> That sounds weird because people say, well, I've got my work life and then I've got my family life and I've got, you know, for most people, work is just, you know, something that you want to get out of the way and then go home and live your real life. For me, work is about purpose and it's about calling. You've dedicated your whole life to it. So when, and and it's very satisfying, you know, work is important to me. And so I feel close to people when I'm working with them. Hmm. And so for me, it's been a great joy uh, to bond with, uh, you know, my wife works with me and my son works with me and my other son is very involved in the church that I'm, you know, so all of that is, um, all of that is a, is a huge plus in a weird way that I think most, maybe many people would not admire. Uh, but for <laughs> task-oriented people, it's a, it's a great form of, I think, connection. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense to me. I don't I don't think I'm as task oriented as as you are, but I've been involved in ministry for a long time and you do build a real closeness, you know, even even volunteering in ministry, 
-hmm. you build a real closeness to the people that you're building with. Um, and I think that, I think that that's probably something that God does, you know, just in, just in the process of building, knitting people together. It's a common bond, you know, it's it. And, and, and if you're a task oriented person, like I am, it's a, it's a, it's a very central bond. Yeah. As I mentioned, I've been working at the church for 10 years. I started at the front desk and uh, Pastor Chip hired me. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I actually remember where I was when I got the call from him. Uh, and the way that he presented it, I was at, I was at uh, Evergreen. I was going to college at Evergreen. And I had just gotten out of class and he called me. And he said, hey, we need help at the front desk for two weeks. Uh, could you fill in? And I, I knew what that meant. He, I, that meant he was trying me out. <laughs> so I was really excited. And I accepted immediately. That turned from a front desk job to, to my lifelong mission. I, and I, there were times for me where I wasn't sure if dedicating my my whole life to to the church was what I wanted to do, um, because I had grown up, and everyone told me that that's what I was going to do. You never told me that's what I was going to do. Mom never told me that's. But just people in the church, you know, people in the church, they they have a plan for your life, right? Yeah, yeah they they saw something. You're a pastor's in me. son, so right, exactly. So they would tell me, and I just didn't want to do something. Because of who your dad was, because of who my dad was, yeah. and because that's what people told me that, and and you and you knew that. But were you, when I committed to working at Gateway, when I kind of said, "This is what I'm going to dedicate myself mm -hmm. to," was that surprising for you? No, I don't think it was surprising. I think, and you asked me a minute ago about what are the what's the downside. Um, you know, one one positive is the bond, but the negative there's a few there's a few negatives of working together as a mm -hmm. you know as a family. One is what you mentioned that people have a way of looking at it. You know, yeah. they might say, "Well, he should do it." Some people would say, "Well, he shouldn't do it because he's a you know." They might fear nepotism. Yeah, you know, that you got the job somehow that you shouldn't get it. You know, that you got it because. You were my son. Not that there's anything glorious about working at the front desk, um, but um, yeah, thanks a lot, Dad. So there's a lot, you know. So there's a lot of things, you know. There's a lot of things that, you know, people have their ideas and opinions and so on, and then people are watching that. So yeah, part of it is a little nerve wracking because if you mess up, okay, if if another person's the receptionist and they make a mistake. It's not such a sweat for me. Right. But if my son makes a mistake, uh, that becomes an issue. Um, right. And so that, you know, uh, that's a little bit of the negative side is that it, it tends to reflect and create all these other, uh, you know, if, if somebody's at the front desk and they mess up and I don't fire them, uh, that's one story. <laughs> yeah. But if my son messes up at the front desk and I don't fire him, oh, I see why he didn't yeah, get fired right, right, because right. he's, you know, so there's all that. And, uh, that's complicated. Uh, we have a yes. very good culture and very, 
understanding wonderful people in our church. But right, but it's human nature. It's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's yeah. it'd be hard if I was in someone else's position, it'd be hard for me not to have those those thoughts. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So and it's it, a it's very I could say, you know, uh working with family has its has its price as well. Yeah. From that there's a hundred examples of that kind of thing, but people do look at family members a certain way. And uh, if you weren't related to me, it would be a lot easier for both of us, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, I have a conviction about family in that I believe it is 100% scriptural for any family member who chooses, who God chooses, and who chooses to accept the call of God, they should be welcomed uh, as much as anybody else at the table. Um, and if you look at the Bible, it's full of stories of God using family members together, Aaron and Moses and right. Miriam, and there's nothing wrong. And in fact, there are so many things that are right about families serving God together that we shouldn't be af afraid of it if we really have the right intention. In fact, Jesus, if you look at if you look at Jesus, his cousin was John the Baptist, and if you look at the inner relationships of who was related to who in the in the gospels, it's like two or three families and they're all interconnected hmm. with each other. They're all related. They're not a bunch of unrelated people. They're actually many of them are relatives. There are members of the 12 that were related to Jesus, John the Baptist, and all of the relationships of the New Testament, a lot of them are family relationships. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. And you always, you always said to me, especially, especially around the time that I was in college and I was really trying to figure out what direction I wanted to go, you were always really good about making sure that I didn't feel pressure and making sure that I, that I understood that you didn't have, um, you didn't have a strong, like, like, please work at the church or this is what I think you should do. You said you can do whatever you want and you'll be successful at it. it seemed like, uh, you did the same thing with Aaron. It seemed like you had a lot of confidence in both of us. Um, which I'm sure as a dad, there were moments where you were nervous, but were there ever, were there ever times when we were kind of making big decisions about our lives, um, or in our faith that you were, uh, concerned or nervous for me or Aaron? Oh, for sure. Um, you had a very serious, um, relationship, uh, with a girl that I had a lot of questions about. And you were probably 18, I think. You were, you were old enough yeah. to make that decision uh, on your own. And you even told me one time, we're thinking about, you said to me, if this keeps going the way it's going, I think I'm going to marry her. And I tried not to blink when you said that. <laughs> But I didn't think she was right for you. And 
And it wasn't, by the way, it's not April. <laughs> yeah. You ended, up, you ended up marrying the right person. Yeah. But sure, that was, uh, sure, that was, that was scary. Um, the relationship you're talking about was the girl that I dated just before I met April. Right. Right. Being a parent is, is not for the faint of heart. You have to, and, and I think, you know, one of the things you realize as your child gets older and older, you you do less controlling and more praying. Yeah. <laughs> you have to guide your children. You know, the the older they get, the more your role is as a guide or as a someone who if they ask you, you can give your opinion, but you can't control them. Now yeah. when they're four years old, of course you gotta you better be in control of your four year old. But uh, as they get older, you have to your role changes. You become more of a guide than a controller, and I think if you don't do that, you lose the relationship. A lot of people don't know how to let their kids. They don't know how to take their hands off their kids in the right way. Yeah, and so then kids have to rebel and run, run away. Yeah, in order to survive emotionally and mature, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, a balancing act. And I think in the case of you and your brother, you, you made good decisions in life. A couple of your decisions, a couple of Aaron's decisions made me wonder, you know, when Aaron started getting tattooed and pierced (laughs) and all of that, it was, you know, especially being a pastor, I thought, oh man, you know, that was hard for you. Uh, yeah, because people were looking at it, but I decided that I was proud of my son and that I wasn't going to let people's opinions change the way I view. I know who my son is. Aaron's solid. He's as solid as a rock. And if somebody had an opinion that he wasn't solid, that wasn't going to be as important. And I wasn't going to lose my relationship with my son over what other people thought. I decided not to do that. So sure. Every parent goes through those moments. Maybe it's a little scarier when your whole world is a church and your sons are growing up in that in that environment and they're doing things a little different than what you might choose for them but you still got to let them grow and mature and thankfully we have a very healthy local church yeah not that people don't have opinions but people have been really pretty good to my family and so it's never been super crazy yeah well, and you, you always did a really good job of, of, um, you know, balancing. I'm sure that there were times when Aaron and I, as, as we got older, uh, where you and mom probably wanted to jump in and, and do some hardcore inter- <laughs> intervening. Like when I was dating that, that girl, I bet you there were probably some times where you had to hold yourself back and, you know. You thought I could tell him right here <laughs> that this is not a good idea, um, but uh, you did do a good job of balancing and not making us feel like you were trying to control. You know, another thing working with young people is that I, over the years, I've I've seen that I've seen parents in the middle of of being overly controlling. And I just think, man, that's such a big, that's such a big mistake. Uh, that's such a big mistake. It's such a strain. Because kids will run away from that. Right. 
you know, it's it's a form of dishonoring their maturity. Right. And whatever you dishonor moves away from you. Yeah. And whatever you honor comes closer to you. Don't go anywhere. The Gateway Leadership Podcast is coming right back. Next, I want to bring up a couple of questions that I got for you on Instagram. Okay. Should I be nervous? I don't think so. No, okay. no, no. These are Great. good questions. This person wants to know what's your what's your favorite way to uh, day off? What's your favorite way to Oh, I'm really good. Relax? I am really good at resting. <laughs> I work hard, but I know how to turn it off and I know how to um, I know how to rest. I I think doing nothing is amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, I can do nothing for a couple of hours. I can watch YouTube channels or, uh, you know, read the news or surf websites just without any goal in mind. I can do that for hours at a time. If it's my day to do that, I won't do that on a day I'm supposed to be productive. But I know how to rest. I get up early and I can waste time early in the morning. And it's uh, really wonderful. Just listen to a random podcast or read an article about something I've never knew before. Um, that that to me is important to step away from ministry, step away from helping people, theology, church growth, you know, budgets, all of that. You have to step away from that stuff and just do nothing. So I'm really good. But for me, uh, I can't do that for a whole day usually. A hmm. um, couple of hours of doing nothing is good. <laughs> then I need to move. I like to move my body, go for a walk, you know, get some exercise, do something physical. That helps me reset my brain a lot. I love my swim classes and my long walks that I can do and drop down and do push ups or whatever I can do, you know, to get my body moving. Yeah. And uh, I like to be around people that want to talk about things that are not exhausting. <laughs> like what would be exhausting? Well, you, we were talking earlier about, you know, what, what one of the downsides of family yeah, yeah. in ministry. One of the downsides for me in my own marriage, and my wife and I have talked about this before, is that I, there is literally nowhere that I can go where I am... <laughs> like not surrounded by people who have questions about the church and yeah. opinions about the church and, right. you know, and something they wanted to mention to me about the church because it's a problem and yeah. I might be in my happy place <laughs> and you or your mother <laughs> is facing a church problem and, you know, you want to make sure I know about it. And that can be great because I want to be here for you and be, be there for your mom, but one or, the, or, a, or a friendly suggestion or a friendly suggestion. Here's how what I think, you know, <laughs> here's what color we should paint the hallway or whatever it is. You know. <laughs> and if I was you, I would do it this way. Yeah. yeah. And so it can be uh, like, there's nowhere to go if you're surrounded by family and they all work together. It can be hard to find a place where you can like actually step away from ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had to talk about that too. It's just say, Hey, when we're, you know, Hanging out, let's just yeah, hang out. Yeah, yeah, let's just hang out and not 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 get it. But I hate to even say that sometimes because I feel like, you know, you're my son. You might want to talk about it. But 
uh, I, your, your question is about how to relax. So I'm answering the question. Yeah. You have to turn it off. Right. And come back to it later. Right. You can't live with work 24 seven. Have some, have some boundaries. Right. With this is when I work, this is when I'm not working and not thinking about work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I've had some pretty, you know, I've, I've hurt your mother's feelings more than once by saying, honey, I don't really want to talk about that right now. You know, I'm trying to rest or whatever. And then she'll feel, well, then you're not there for me because I really want to. So that can be, you know, and I've learned too, I need to stretch myself and just die to myself. If she wants to talk to me about church stuff, when I'm not interested in talking about church stuff, guess what we talk about? We talk about church stuff because that's <laughs> that's what she needs. And love is understanding the needs of another person. Yeah. It's, Even if it kills you. It's tough at the top. <laughs> <laughs> tough at the top. No, I, I totally get that. Okay. We have always had a good relationship and uh and i i know that that's due to you and mom you know being very intentional about about how you related to me and aaron uh, from when we were young to to the transition of us getting older um for parents out there that do have maybe a strained relationship with their son or their daughter or maybe I'll ask you from the perspective of the of the son or the daughter. As a dad, what would you say to someone who's out there right now, a young person who has a strained relationship with their with their parents? That is a really important question because no one is gonna love you like your mother or your father. That there are a lot of people that will give you advice and counsel in life. And, and there is no such thing as a perfect mother. There are deeply flawed mothers. There's no such thing as a perfect father. There are deeply flawed fathers, and this can be really a challenge. But the great commandment, the first commandment with a promise, is to honor your father and mother so that you will live long. And there's something about honoring an imperfect parent that creates a lifetime of blessing for you. If you have a dysfunctional, dangerous, or abusive father or mother, you have to have, you got to get to a place of safety and mm -hmm. you got to take care of yourself and and all that. If you have an imperfect parent, my advice is keep that commandment that God gave you mm. to honor your parent because there's something about, and, and I don't mean you're going to agree with everything they say or, or whatever, but try not to lose that relationship and try not to disrespect your mother and father. Mm. Try to keep honor for your parents because. Uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments, and it really makes sense because the one decision, the very first decision that God makes about your life is who your parents are going to be. Mm. 
That's the very first decision that God makes concerning your life. So if you embrace that first decision that God made about your life, and you accept it, and you say, this is my father, this is my mother, and I accept that, and I even honor that, in that way, you are honoring God. But if you cannot accept who God chose to make your father or mother, if you reject that and you hate that decision, how can you honestly love and honor God? Mm. So it's a deep, it's a deep question. And I, yeah. I don't know if you wanted that much yeah. <laughs> intensity in that, but I understand there are people who have dysfunctional, crazy parents that you've got to have some boundaries and you've got to all that. But even in creating distance, make sure that you are prayerful for your father and mother. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are grateful for your father and mother and make it a matter of prayer that God would heal the relationship and make it safe for you to be around them because nobody actually loves you like your father and your mother. It's, it's impossible. And it's, it's a deep, it's a deep thing to reject your parents. It's a very deep thing. Wow. That's so good. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Gateway Leadership Podcast. Next month, the conversation continues between me and my dad. I'm going to ask him a bunch of leadership questions. We're going to talk about, let's see, what are we going to talk about? We're going to, I'm going to ask him uh, what leaders he listens to. I'm going to ask him about some of his upcoming book ideas. I'm going to ask him about what's he, what's he see uh, for the future of Gateway. Uh, what he would say to someone who wants to be a pastor. She's going to ask him a bunch of questions. And of course, more Instagram questions. Okay, so I want you guys to start sending in your Instagram questions because uh, I'm going to be asking him some questions. I want to hear what you guys uh, have for him. Okay, all right. We'll see you guys next time on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. See you later. Listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Kenneth Gracie, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.